Shaka Khan, put your thong on. Shaka Khan, put your thong on? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what Shaka Khan looks like, and I'm pretty sure that would be devastating. Or am I just uh, assuming things? I don't feel that anything that I would say could potentially not offend someone. What about... So I don't think I should say anything. What if you said this? Welcome to the Couple of Critics Podcast. <laughs> You're chewing your fingernails. No, I'm biting the skin around my la, fingernail. La, 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 la. I have a chewing problem. Do you too? On your flesh of your fingers and nails? No, I just do it and get called out for doing it. <laughs> I have a real problem with it. You got a problem with calling me out and not having anything to back it up with. Except my own addiction to my chewing out. Chewing out, that's what they call it. I'm chewing you the fuck out. <laughs> Hi, what's up? What's, what's gup? gup? Yeah. Bees. What the fuck does that mean? Guppies, stupid. Oh, you said, I thought you said bees. How am I stupid? Guppies. Uh, yeah. Anyway, hi. Hello. Yes. What's up? Nothing. I'm asking you so you'll say something. You know how to introduce yourself. This is the Couple of Critics podcast. That's Sam. Yeah, me. And I'm Shaka Khan. Put your thong on Michelle. <laughs> that's what they call you on the streets. That is what they call me. I'm never on the streets, so that's not a true statement. Um, I'm usually in the clouds, so uh, I'm Michelle in the clouds. I thought you said clouds. You need to open your goddamn ears. You need to finish your goddamn words. You need to open your goddamn mouth. I did, and then you yelled at me. That's All right. how this goes. So we are clearly a married couple, <laughs> and uh, we like to share our media interests with each other, and uh, we talk about it. We definitely, we talked about uh, yesterday, you had said... If there were, was a Venn diagram of our musical taste, there would be a lot of overlap, but there would be an awful lot not overlapping as well on both sides. And uh, we pick from both. We pick from the middle and we pick from the ends. And uh, that's kind of what we're doing here. I'd say this is a little more of a, a middle choice. Um, this is something that appeals to both of us. I know it did not originally appeal to you. Um, appeal to you? <clears throat> can appeal to you. So uh, Led Zeppelin, the self-titled debut, came out in 1969. You did not originally like Led Zeppelin before we got together. It wasn't that I didn't like Led Zeppelin. is that I didn't feel like everyone else felt. To me, growing up, everyone was like, Led Zeppelin's the best. Led Zeppelin are gods. And I was like, I don't know. I know Hammer a couple guys. the gods. I would be like, I know a couple guys who can play the guitar a lot better than that. So... I don't really get what you're saying. That's where the angle I was coming from. It was just never my... You're also an angsty teenager, so if everyone was like, this is the best, you're like, no, I like this other stuff because it's harder. Well, I, know, I was a guitar player, so I was like, no, technically this guy's better than Jimmy Page. But they do say uh, <laughs> there is some credit that goes to Led Zeppelin for um, helping change the sound in hard rock music. For sure. Some people even would classify Led Zeppelin as one of the first heavy metal bands. Yeah, and they really shouldn't. But I can also say this, attaching it to the, I was playing guitar and I said this guy's better. Later on, I stopped attributing technically they can play better. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're a better guitar player to me anymore. So nowadays, I would probably say, I think Jimmy Page is a better guitar player than this guy because he actually writes 
emotion into his leads instead of just, I'm showing you how I can practice scales. You could also have a great guitar player in a really shitty band. Like if everyone else sounds bad, it doesn't matter how good the one person is because everyone else is going to drag you down. Oh, well, that goes, there's a saying in the uh, music world too, you're only as strong as your uh, weakest link. So even, it's like even if one guy sucks, Mm -hmm. you're potentially not as good as you could be. And I would say there are uh, at least two people in this band, so at least 50% of the band does definitely not suck, at least. None of them suck. Well, I'm just saying, (laughs) they definitely do not suck. No. I just, at the time, was like, oh, yeah, you're sucking their dicks all the time. Okay, Led Zeppelin. And I thought Black Sabbath was way better all the time, and I would kind of put them on the same world you almost. compare them? Sort of. I don't have that comparison at all for me, except for them both being, you know, um, just older classic rock bands. For me, it's just... And British as well, right? Yeah. yeah. For me, it's just because of the scales that they're both using. I can hear the scales. And I know that they're just using pentatonic scales the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I just, very, there's similarities, but there's not similarities. Yeah. And I always just thought Black Sabbath was better because it was more evil. <laughs> you know <laughs> me, the more, the more black, the better for me. Yeah, I wouldn't consider Led Zeppelin evil unless you're talking about backmasking things like Stairway to Heaven. Then apparently there's all kinds of supposed evil stuff going on. <laughs> Do um, we consider uh, relationships with young girls evil? <laughs> Way too young girls? Yeah, and that's something that does is mentioned in this. And I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. And yeah. I feel like we've talked about it before, but something with rock and rollers for a chunk of time, decades, um, I feel like it's only up until the last couple decades where that stopped where people are constantly like little girl and oh like I can't wait until you're 16 or 17 and stuff that's not really yeah. that's super inappropriate now it really is and it catches your ear weird so weird so now i would say it's more like hey baby which is i'm even getting weird about the word baby <laughs> hey little girl hey little girl come on my magic carpet ride little girl there's but so there's, many songs. There's that so many do stories that. of these guys getting with 15 year old girls, 14 mm-hmm. year old wasn't girls. Wasn't it like it was four, 13 or 14 with Jimmy Page? Wasn't I it? I don't know the so page. many of these people. I'm, yeah, and he like supposedly kept a woman until she became of age, and then they got married. Yeah, I think Ted Nugent did that too, and uh, he became like the legal guardian, and it was basically just so he could have a little, a little girl slave, a little girl fuck slave, basically. But we're in love, and we're the same mentally. As David Cross said in that bit, she's been fucking she was since she was 13. I'm giving him two years. <laughs> All right. So I think that we should... Uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> so Led Zeppelin, uh, an English rock band formed in London just a year before this came out. It consisted of Robert Plant, Jimmy Page... John Paul Jones, and John Bonham R.I.P., the only member who is not currently alive. All the rest of them are still alive? Wow, you're right. That's weird. John Paul Jones is still alive. It's just that sometimes his son plays with the band, right? Or is it? No, it's John Bonham's son. No, that's John son. Bonham's son. That's right. Okay. When they play the once every 12 years. Uh, yeah, they reunite, and they do that, but... um. It says that, well, according to Wikipedia, Led Zeppelin is the fourth best-selling music artist worldwide. 
It makes sense. I see this stuff everywhere. 300 million. You walk into a head shop or a record shop, the flag on the wall, there's always a Led Zeppelin flag on the wall. There's always Led Zeppelin shirts somewhere. Every Hot Topic has Led Zeppelin stuff. Absolutely. I definitely bought many Led Zeppelin, squeeze my lemon shirts, uh-huh. different different kinds of Led Zeppelin t-shirts from Hot mm-hmm. Topic. It seems like Zeppelin was also one of those bands that traversed other genres like you could be a punk kid and still have a led zeppelin shirt on you could be a metal kid and still have a led zeppelin shirt on it's kind of like hendrix like i would wear hendrix shirts one day and then the next day i'd wear a dying fetus shirt and it wasn't out of place yeah i think that they are really uh i don't know how what i would say but they definitely span a wide age range as well oh yeah Anyone from a kid can get into this as well as an old man. So it doesn't. An old man. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think that it sets with anyone with any gender. It's just whether or not you like good rock and roll music. It's true. And I consider this good rock and roll music. This uh, is their Absolutely. debut. And uh, let's go ahead and start this with some goddamn energy. Good times, bad times. <laughs> If this came out and I was like 17, this would have been my this would have been my scene. I would have been a rock and roller. You think you would have been a rock and roller as well, like a hippie rock and roller? I do. I think I would have been into this, and I would have been into the black music. But this is a fuse, technically, of a lot of old blues and rock and roll. It's actually just taking blues songs and turning them up. And they actually did write this. I made it a point to um, note, since there has always been this thing with Led Zeppelin and whether or not they write their songs. Um, So I did write down so I could track how many songs they actually wrote, how many of them were like old funk songs, how many of them were reworkings, um, and how many of them were just straight covers. And this was a Led Zeppelin written tune. And this song is is jamming for me. There's not many Led Zeppelin songs that aren't jamming. I can think of like one album that doesn't have that much that I like, but once I got into Zeppelin like I did, that you eventually got me into, it's like just rock and rolls all the time pretty mm-hmm. much i mean there are some really awful songs here and there yeah bad songs yeah um but i i enjoy most of it and i love a lot of it i used to identify led zeppelin as my favorite band yeah when you we got together that's what you said and for a long time i it's really hard for me to pinpoint that now because i feel like from one month to the next it might be a different opinion based on what i'm listening to but I mean, if if I were put on the spot and I, if I was made to say like who is your all-time favorite band, I would probably still have to say Led Zeppelin. But I love it. I love the bass. Oh, I love yeah. the percussion. John Paul Jones is an amazing bass player. They're all really good at their instruments. It was like I remember hanging out with my friends one time who all played music, and it was kind of like the select few guys from each band that you. I hate to say this, but in bands, there are usually one or two guys that are the shine, the two dudes that shine the most and are the best. Like the ones in charge. Yeah. The driving forces. It was a group of people like that, and we were saying, man, Led Zeppelin, it was just like four guys that were in different bands, and they were the best, and then they got together, and they were the best together, and I remember going, 
can you imagine it? And then we all looked at each other for a split second. I could tell we were all thinking about just like putting everything to the side and just starting a band right then and there. But like, it would have not been well because there were so many egos in that band. There were so many front guys in that band. Mm-hmm. It would have just been, or in that collective at that time. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been bad. But it's, we would have been tight as fuck. But you could have at least released one or two tight fucking albums and yeah. even if that's all you had yeah, you could have true. made some fucking killer tunes that's true. in there and I mean sometimes that's all you need to just have that moment in time and yeah. if it doesn't end well whatever but you made something good out of it so well we all stuck to our respective bands and then we all crumbled separately <laughs> then never worked together but you just you never know what is worth the energy and taking the risk on very true because something that seems like it's more promising Versus something that doesn't seem promising. Sometimes that shit often flips upside down. Something just seems so good to be true or so great. And this is going to be such a great thing for me. And then it just kind of falls flat. That doesn't happen for everyone. But things aren't magic. Magic does not happen. You have to fucking work your goddamn ass off. And I'm not saying that you didn't. But... Oh, no. I did. You all... That's the thing. You all have to be willing to put... I think it somewhat part. equal fucking energy and talent and all of that into it. You can't just be along for a ride. Yeah. I didn't like that last part. <laughs> what do you mean? I feel like I was talking shit, obviously, about some people I know. Oh, well, I don't know exactly who you're talking about, so I'm just speaking generally. It's pretty fucking easy to figure out. <laughs> I just mean in general. I mean, I think that happens, which is why there are bands who do get together. We'll say like Traffic, for example. They, like, personality-wise, it didn't work out, but they did make some good songs while they were together. And it was a short-lived band. And even Cream. Cream, a lot of people don't realize that Cream put out very little music in the long run and were only together for, what, like two years? Uh, Three or four, I think. Well, so yeah, a, a small amount of time. And what's the what's the next Ginger Baker band? <laughs> I don't know something with not Steve Winwood. Yeah, he did some jazz thing later. It was like the super collective band. It's called like the Airport Ensemble Jazz Collective Renfield Dracula Story Good Time Section. Oh God! So Good Times <laughs> Bad Times was the one first and only single from this album. Um, so their first single ever was Good Times, Bad Times. So I think it was a good time. I mean, a good choice. That wasn't on purpose. It was a good time. To put it right at the beginning of the album. Because I think oh, it's a yeah. good introduction. It's got that fucking uplifting energy. And it was what they put everything into, clearly. Yeah, it's a good track for your parents to hate right from the beginning so, at that time. Well, speaking of that, how about a good track that a band who you don't like, I'm going to say this for, I'm going to speak for both of us on this. Um, what if they take a song that has a lot of energy and they cover it and uh, we're going to listen to it for the first time and we're going to see what we feel about that so we can finish that thought. Here is Godsmack covering good times, bad times. I already hate the guitar tone. It's leaning on the guitar more than the drums. It's just a newer guitar tone that... And I hate that vocal tone so much. What vocal tone? His... 
you're talking about a guy that does like this. Yeah, but I don't like his take on it at all. I have to hear the chorus before I shut this shit down. It's lacking the um, way too laid back. I'm gonna I believe that. I'm gonna say something, and you're gonna be like, "What? You like it?" No, I'm gonna say that it doesn't sound too far off from Scott Weiland most of the time to me. <laughs> oh, I didn't always love when Scott Weiland did that with his voice. Okay, well, cool. I'm not going to be offended because someone who I like did something that you don't like. That's life. No, well, I thought, I'm not offended. I thought you were going to be, just like when you say somebody sounds like something, and I'm like, no, they don't. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> and then I didn't know if you were about, what? It no, doesn't sound like that. Because I know that Scott Weiland would do that voice sometimes, and that's yeah. one of the things that I didn't like about his voice. Yeah. 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 All right, let's uh, move along to track three. Babe, I'm going to leave you. So this is a song This is a folk song And it was covered by Joan Baez She was the one who made it popular She didn't write it, but she covered it And Jimmy Page had heard this And he had like noodled around on it for a while And really liked it And brought it to Robert Plant And he also really liked it And it took, you know, a little while for it to turn into something But this was a cover this one is a straight cover obviously with a a rock infused difference but there's a a warmth that old record or albums have because they're recorded all in analog but just feels better like when earlier we were listening to that Godsmack thing it was like a digital sound it doesn't sound real it doesn't sound like I'm in the room or anything not to say that I feel like I'm in the room when I listen to this but it's like I can understand the guitar it doesn't sound like it was made in a computer it's almost like you feel like you're being filled with something like you're feeling full or like blanketed by this like you actually feel more connected when it has this older sound. It's it's in you instead of at you. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I agree. Atmospheric almost. I would love to be able to record music analog and not... Because digital is so much easier, especially as a self-producer, mm-hmm. a self-recording person. Digital is just way easier. But I would love to spool up some tape Record on some actual fucking tape. A huge machine. Yeah. Cha 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 cha. Baby, 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 baby. Old Robert Plant. I can't stand Robert Plant live. Uh, songs. Please. Super. Robert Plant ridiculous. Yeah. With like his highness. His, his voice drives me crazy sometimes. But it's I can feel it. I can kinda I don't know, like 
because it's not a pretty voice at all. But he can hit notes and he makes you feel what the fuck is going on. So I'm really on, like in the middle about Robert Plant. I appreciate him. I do think he's talented. But sometimes it's like nails on a fucking chalkboard. <laughs> I've only felt the nails on a chalkboard when I've listened to live video. Live songs. I feel like he's being lazy live. I think he's being lazy live, and I, I don't know if it's lazy. I think he's just relying on the the head voice a lot more. And his uh, open shirt. <laughs> Look at my exposed body. Exposed upper half. Yeah. You gotta do something, right? Look at the ladies crawl. <laughs> I don't understand how he was able to wear such tight fucking pants. It's all of those musicians who wore extremely tight pants and ran around stage. I've never been able to enjoy a tight pant, ever. Well, we could say that um, Lenny Kravitz's dick also didn't enjoy a tight pant. No. That thing broke the fuck out. Yeah. Nobody should be wearing tight pants. I remember a dude we went to high school with came in with leather pants on one time. Tight leather pants. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a kid that would like do that. You know, it wasn't like a goth kid or something. Oh wow. Rock and roll kid. Normally. His uh, initials are B R. That's who I thought it was. Yeah. We went. To, we every once in a while sister. would be. Yeah. Every once in a while he would kind of go over the top <laughs> yeah. to try and like feel. Which I mean, he was just trying to put feelers out. But That's I never true. went that extreme when I was trying to figure out who I was. Yeah. Well, one day it'd be like a nice button shirt. Like with sand, like flip flops on, I and like khaki to... shorts, and then the next it was like spiked hair with a spiked bracelet and like some black shirt that says Mega Death and leather pants. <laughs> what are you doing? I used to question whether or not he was Mormon based on how he looked. Most of the time, yeah. Until like I don't know, once a month when the leather pants and the Mega Death shirt made an appearance. But he did play guitar. He did try to be in a metal band. Uh, yeah, and he at least did like music like this. It's He did. It's just, you think that, like, you have to, I don't know, fit into this mold. Like, if I'm going to do this, then I have to do these things that these other people have already done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And look how they look and sound how they sound. It's really, there's definitely a wall that you have to jump over and break down to fit and figuring out like what your own thing is and he was not there yet no and that's like it's the way that those groups accept you too like you look like us now you're in with us which mm-hmm. is like wait man I thought this whole group was about it doesn't matter what you look like <laughs> but I fell into it tattoos black shirts black chains, shirts and metal spiking my hair with unflavored gelatin now I just think it's all too much fucking work like I have my punk and metal mentality now is that like I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff so to me the most fucking punk thing in the world is to just wake up brush your teeth and you're fucking done like put put your clothes on and you're done no no makeup I'm not doing system of a down (laughs) it was hard you said wake up I didn't talk about a and brush. You said, something, you said something about a brush. Brush my teeth. Yes. Yeah. It was hard to not go there. I'm sorry. But that's the most fucking punk thing in my mind is not sitting there for 40 fucking minutes putting your goddamn outfit on so most, you can go out in the world and look punk. But most kids care more about things like that when they are younger and going through puberty and they look different and feel different and smell different. 
So they have to do different things. So, I mean, I kind of get it. But again, I've never gone to such extremes to try and figure out who I am. I've never, like, changed my identity. (laughs) I've been like, I'm this now. Uh, yes. And I've had people be like, you're a teeny bopper. And I've always been like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm just a fucking person who, like, I like that stuff. But I also listen to a lot of fucking... Rhythm and blues and soul music. You're a goddamn teeny bopper? What's a teeny bopper? I don't even know what that means. just means that I bought teeny bopper magazines. Ah. And that I was into pop music a lot, and I loved NSYNC. But I wasn't into, like, every boy band. And I wasn't into every pop star that came out. I just so happened to be obsessed with one boy band. <laughs> <laughs> what about 98 Degrees? I had their first album, but I only listened to, like, a few songs, and that's what was on the radio. I didn't really care. I couldn't think of any more boy bands. I was going to try and go down a list, but Backstreet I was Backstreet Boys. I knew that one. I'm sure you had the albums, but... I had the very first album, and that was it. But I didn't like them the same. Your allegiance was to I just NSYNC. always liked NSYNC, but I didn't, I didn't have an allegiance because I thought that it was fair to like other things if I did. But then I would also branch out because there were, if, if NSYNC, for example, or an artist that I liked would show up on someone else's album and NSYNC would show up on a lot of R&B albums in the late 90s and early 2000s. So then I would also buy those albums and I would already like enjoy the hit off of that. And it was just constantly growing. But at that time, it wasn't. Like it is now where you can just find the song and pick it oh, out of the yeah. album. Yeah. I would buy the whole fucking album by another artist. And that's exactly why they put NSYNC on their album. So they could get that sell. Yes and no. Genius. I think it was Yes them. and yes. <laughs> it was also to allow I don't know, to get their shit out there. So anyway, that song again, as I had said, um, was um what is what's the word? It was uh, worked, I would say. It was covered by Jimmy Page and the band, uh, but it was covered by Joan Baez initially. So I want to hear this. It was recorded from a live performance. There's not a studio recording of this. Joan Baez. Who I was introduced to from Forrest Gump. In Forrest Gump. Because she was... Jenny was inspired by Joan Baez, which is why she sang Naked. On stage. I don't know anything about Joan Baez. But you know that movie. Yeah. That's pretty much what I know about Joan Baez is from watching that movie. Mm-hmm. This is new. This is... I've always imagined Sissy Spacek when I hear Joan... When I've heard Joan Baez... This is depressing as fuck. This is very different. Jimmy Page definitely changed this shit up. So I'm gonna put this in an intro of a horror movie. <laughs> so one thing that I want to also talk about because Genius always does this. They, well, the, first of all, they introduced me to the word interpolate, which I think I've said it before, but I was confused on previous episodes. Interpolate means to insert into something else. So instead of, which I think I talked about this on the back 
episode for sure because there are a lot of interpolated things because it's samples but it, he'll I mean taking actual pieces of something and putting it in um, but this was considered an interpolation of babe I'm gonna leave you Chicago 25 or 6 to 4 that main riff right mm. there I thought they were covering that Green Day song in this song oh my god what I think I'm I'm not wrong. You're making hilarious jokes that everyone is currently laughing at. I can hear them across the nation. Just the nation across the world. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. The break of day. That was pretty. Thanks. It wasn't even beautiful. It was pretty. Gorgeous is what you fucking mean. It was much closer to the Joan Baez style than I expected. It's that kind of beautiful. So did she sing naked or something? I don't know. Okay. I think it was just like a woman's liberational sort of mentality, I assume. Women's rights, bird and brawls. It was that time. Uh, who did? She was folky singer-songwriter. Did she do that song? Are you a woman? Hear me roll. No. Okay. That's Helen Reddy. Oh, that's Helen Reddy? Yes. Helen Reddy. Yes. Okay. I am woman. Hear me roll. I'm getting knocked down to the floor. <laughs> that always makes me think of... Um, I always want to be like, I am woman, hear me roar, hallelujah, I am woman, hear me roar, hallelujah. <laughs> now I'm going to do that every time as well. <laughs> That's all I ever think of. Okay, so now we're going to move on to another cover by <laughs> Willie Dixon, You Shook Me. But this is Led Zeppelin. We're, we'll get to the original later. Fucking blues. Thick blues. That was for the listeners. You know you shook me. This song is so heavily blues. Bluesy. Oh yeah, it's got that nice big stretch to it. Mm-hmm. Where they're playing like as far on back of the beat as possible. I'll play that note as late as I possibly can while it's still in time. Yeah, I like that. Should I bring up... So we were talking about Ginger Baker earlier. Yes. Every time I listen to Led Zeppelin, I think of John Bonham. And every time now I think of John Bonham, I think of Ginger Baker because talking of, shit about John Bonham on that documentary. Uh, saying, beware of John Ginger Baker, which we've talked beware about. Beware of Mr. Baker. Oh, uh, Mr. Baker, sorry. <laughs> Where he says, John Bonham couldn't swing a sack of shit. <laughs> He's such a grumpy fucking Which old is man. Which crazy because I disagree. A lot of people disagree. Oh, I know, yeah. A lot John of people Bonham's like good. John and Bonham's style. John and Bonham. John and Bonham. Yeah. I mean, Ginger Baker is just a... He's not jealous, but he is jealous, but he's also like... He's petty. Petty. Petty's the fucking word for it. Just because somebody also might be good as well. He's like... He has to tear them down. He talks shit about Mick Jagger and that thing. shit about everyone. Everyone. And all these people who are revered as top notch musicians. The only person he didn't seem to talk shit about was Eric Clapton. Yeah, it's Clapton. He loves Eric. He considers Clapton still one of his best friends, and Eric Clapton does not consider. <laughs> I remember Eric Ginger was like, I don't friends. even know him. <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive, right? 
Yes. Ginger, I think we need another documentary, like another 30-minute doc, mini doc. A follow-up. Uh, yes, a follow-up doc, because I need to know what the fuck's going on with this man. Because, like, towards the end of it, you think he's gonna, he's done. And then, right at the very end of it, they show him playing fucking drums again. Yeah. By the way, I don't consider that a spoiler, because it's been out for a long fucking time. No. We didn't we, say we were going to review it, necessarily. That'd be a weird one to review. Yeah, I think we should just keep telling you that you need to watch it. I love the organ action. That's fucking John Paul Jones, right? I'm almost positive. I assume so. I don't know for sure. I have an image of John Paul Jones wearing a weird jacket that has Christmas ornaments hanging off of it playing an organ. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like he had big red Christmas ornaments hanging off the fucking thing. You know, this, this time they all have like the weirdest... It's probably by their fourth album, honestly. It seems like when bands get popular and drugs start to get Float more into their, their system, <laughs> it seems like their outfits get weirder and weirder and weirder. And then, like, their and normal. Fluffier. Yeah. And then their normal outside jacket is, like, bejeweled everywhere with Christmas ornaments hanging off of it. Which is weird because I would think that I would feel hotter. I would want to like sweat more when I'm doing these drugs, and then I need to go and like perform. So why would you want to wear all these ridiculous like velvet costumes? It's crazy. <laughs> when we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it was like the up close costumes of past rock and roll things were just very shittily made. <laughs> like it was like, permanent marker written on there in some cases. It just looked like very thin fabric. Yes, probably for breathing reasonably loose stitching, but these clothes probably were only worn a few times. Think so? In my mind, they were thrown in a case for like four fucking years and playing every day. And that's why they're so thin, is because they're fucking raggedy. I feel like a lot of those were used for like album covers or like specific TV performances where they wore like a special suit and then donated that or like a music video or whatever. your point of Led Zeppelin always getting accused of stealing music and shit like that? Yes. Even if they did, they play it very well. I think so, and I think they definitely put their own spin on it. It's not a straight-up steal. No. It's a, it's a cover. Maybe they should have said that it was a cover a little bit more? Well, and from what I was reading, there were multiple times where... Jimmy Page would take the writing credits for some songs that would either be an old folk song that he reworked or someone else's song or it's an old folk song that someone else reworked three years prior and it's almost note for note to that specific person's reworking. So there definitely were things that were lifted. Oh, it's a Lyft Central. I remember like a video coming out where it was, they went through like Led Zeppelin's whole career. And I was like, this riff is from this old blue song. This riff is from this old blue song. But yeah, it seemed like the person who was doing that was Jimmy Page. He was the one who was the big thief. Yeah. And then looking at Robert Plant being like, do you think he was like, hey, I wrote these lyrics too. I assume so. Sing these. I made them up myself. Or just this idea that he got from someone else. I don't know. Here's the prime example of 
Robert Plant voice to the max. Taking it too far. I don't mind album it on this one. Part. It's not as far as it is on other albums. No. This is actually way more tolerable. Yeah, and I think that's just to... This first album almost has to be this way, to be like, that's right, motherfuckers. Listen to what we got. We can take it beyond the line. You... We already stepped over the line. You don't know that we're going to take it three more fucking steps over the line. By me going, oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sure parents hated that. They're so, I'm sure they were like, oh, he's mimicking sex. You put that record off. He's mimicking sex. He's mimicking sex. So uh, I want to play the original version by Willie Dixon. And I keep saying Willie Dixon's name because this is the first of two Willie Dixon covers oh, on this album. On this one album. Huh? Out of nine total tracks. Huh. And let's say this. His name is Willie Dixon. Mm-hmm. Love it. Dick Dixon. My name is... Dilly Dixon. Cock Coxon. Yeah. My name is Phallus Phallistine. I like that. My name is Penis Panasia. That's stretching. Yeah. <laughs> stretching like my nutsack. <laughs> Willie Dixon. Ooh, you can feel the dirt in this one. Oh, yeah, it's pretty. Blue songs have a dirt that you can feel. You know you shook me. You shook me all night long. I like it. Too. Got a totally different vibe. Oh yeah. This feels like I'm in a bar. In the fifties. In this. I don't know what time it is, but I know it's fucking hot. I'd say fifty-eight. There's no air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Before that was invented. Flies everywhere. And everybody's just sitting at their own table. I'll be drinking my bourbon, leaning back in my chair, yep. fanning myself. Yep. Just listening to blues. And every once in a while, you go like this. Oh, yeah. I know your movement, baby. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like a hurricane. Yeah, I like this, too. Oh, yeah. He's got a good tone in his voice. Yeah. Willie, Willie Dixon. Dixon. I understand why you were... Uh, Covered. You are popular amongst the Zeppelin boys. You are f- for now. And, and you sh- never got paid. <laughs> um, that's true. Is it true? Yeah. Someone else uh, fought him and fought them and got paid a settlement. Um, and that would actually be the writer of the next track oh um dazed and confused which is crazy to me that this wasn't a single because it's so popular so many people know the song how long is it six and a half minutes that's probably something to do with it this is a that time it's you need shorter songs Mm -hmm. i read about that one song in particular on here so long, it's not true. This is a classic Led Zeppelin song. This in is my mind. A, yeah, I think so. This is a reworking by Dazed and Confused by Jake Holmes. It's like, it's creepy almost. 
It's spooky. Yeah, it's got a spooky tone. It's so spooky, and I love it. I just keep imagining this whole time some stiff white mom. At this time, it just came out. She's got very Christian values. This would terrify her. Oh, yeah. Especially late 60s. He's shrieking. I love it. Too bad John Bonham can't swing a sack of shit. (laughs) Disagree. I disagree, too. I just love saying it. And this song inspired the titling of the movie in the 90s, Dazed and Confused. Even though there's no fucking connection. Except that there's like a psychedelic feel. And I that's, bet they wanted it for the soundtrack and couldn't get it. I, yeah, I assume so. Because it, it was supposed to be, I, I believe I read Dazed and Confused is supposed to be... Mm, like the timeline is supposed to be 1976. For some reason, I wanted to say 19, but 90 was coming out. I haven't had a lot of sleep this weekend. When did this album come out again? I forgot. 1969, early. Here it was March. In the UK, it was January. Huh. And uh, critically, it was considered to be like, eh, there were a lot of people who weren't really taking them seriously, um, but it ended up selling and the, the music spoke for itself. So you can shit talk and criticize all you want, but the music is still going to speak for itself. So I don't really know history of Zeppelin like they're when they were popular. First album out after this was out where they like, did they become fucking Led Zeppelin? Yeah. So, so it wasn't like Led Zeppelin 2 was the one that broke big and then it kind of retro came I, back. I think it was a little bit of a slower burn, but it was still something that happened rather quickly for them. Yeah. I mean, with this, between this and the second album, the second album definitely. Isn't the second album, does that have Stairway to Heaven on it? No, that's okay. four. That's four? Man, didn't that? Jesus Christ. They had a lot of music. <laughs> I was like, considered classic. It's all considered classic. Yeah. See, it makes sense to me now why everybody was shitting all the time when I was younger. It's like, oh, come on now. To have that many fucking hits. Mm-hmm. To have, you know, bands that put out way more albums and they don't have near as many good songs. And I don't want to shit on Stairway to Heaven because it's not a shitty song at all. But it's just like one of the songs that are overplayed and it's considered to be like so great. So if you don't think it's so great, you kind of think it's annoying. And I get that. I totally do. Um, But I don't think that that's... mm, I don't know. I I can't say it's not a great representation of them because I think that it is. I just... I don't think it's their best song. It's not, but it's... It's a good song and it was a... It's popular for a reason. Yeah. It's written well. It sounds big, and it's not even on this album, and we're talking about it. <laughs> so there's this joke that I did not write, but I heard it, I read it, and it's just speaking of Stairway to Heaven, and I, I already told it to you, but it was something, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it was Stephen Hawking is in hell because there's a stairway to heaven, not a ramp, and I thought it was hilarious. You'd think heaven would get their shit together and build a ramp. There's At least an elevator. That's the love in an elevator. If you had to live your life crippled, 
then you get love in an elevator all the way up to heaven. Living it up while angels angels are going down. This part's awesome in the song. Comes in with the drums. Then stop. It's so it's a uh, it's rock and roll to the fucking brim, baby. Hell yeah! Uh, and then <laughs> to bring it back down and kind of milk it through. Bring that creepy tone back, but uh-huh. have the drums be the rock and roll drums still. It's tasty. It's tasty. It's fucking tasty. <laughs> I'm into it. And this is a song where I think his voice isn't great, but like I can't imagine this song being done by a different voice. It just fucking works, and that's part of what makes it so good, is that it's so he's able to hit those fucking crazy notes. It's. It sounds good because it's like it sounds soft, but it still sounds. He's still shrieking at the same time, so he's pulling off this weird illusion where it's like creepy and in the atmosphere, but he's still got like a rock and roll shriek to it, and he's mm-hmm. getting those high fucking notes. Like if Chris Cornell did it, it would just sound like straight rock and roll, like high pitched. Yeah. For some reason, Robert Plant can get like a creepy ethereal tone to it where it's like otherworldly sometimes he's also singing he's not just screaming to hit the notes he's actually that was his register it i mean obviously faded out a bit with age but that happens um so let's hear what this uh reworking came from which also in uh, i think it was like 2010 or something and somewhere in the 2000s um this was settled out of court um, because I believe this was the person Jake Holmes was the person who sold or sued them not sold them he got paid he got paid so this is his dazed and confused I've not listened it's to this it's quite different already it's still really spooky but less spooky I guess Just well, sounds like tool <laughs> yeah I wouldn't say spooky that's the wrong word dark and melancholy. This came out like two years before. Interesting. That's why it's a reworking and not a cover. Feel like a mouse and you act like a cat. I like this. Yeah, I do too. I like it a lot. Almost can't have like an Anderson feel. It does. I, I have a song that kind of sounds right like this. There? Ian Anderson, is that right? right. Ian name? Anderson? Jethro Tull? Yeah. yeah. Okay. For some reason it didn't seem right. You know that song I wrote that I put play every once in a while? Uh, Something about Send me gold. Yes, that, that kind of sounded like that. Mm-hmm. Huh? Kind of darker sound. Yeah. So, yeah. I like that. Who was that again? That was Jake Holmes. Jake Holmes. And that came out. I believe I read that it came out two years prior. Huh. So it wasn't. So 1967. Yeah, somewhere around there. So he's probably got an album that we can find. Mm-hmm. Huh, Jake Holmes. Sweet Jake Holmes. All right. That was cool. Circle that. I like the... it when that happens. Mm-hmm. When we just find something new. 
Yeah. Like, Holy shit, this is cool. Uh-huh. I like it too. Sweet. That's happened twice on this episode. Yeah. So that's mm, so I think that that's also like the good and bad of I understand the bad, the downside of pulling and lifting things that aren't yours, but to be able to be inspired from something and make it your own because lyrically the only thing that was the same is been dazed and confused yeah something about a cat in there <laughs> like there i mean it totally changed after that so um, i was gonna say the only thing that makes it bad too is just they weren't attributed to if it would have been writing credits to them and they would have gotten a settle like a payment out of that nothing would have ever been a problem there would have been no dark shadow over it and i feel like that's and from what i read and multiple songs that it was because jimmy page was taking writing credits on things yeah see that's 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 the shitty shitty part yeah you can take writing credits he should take half writing credit he should give it to the other guy and jimmy page they should both get writing credit he seemed by far the shittiest person in the jimmy page oh yeah he was the one with the (laughs) underage girl Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was a fucking creepo. <laughs> but he was in the Yardbirds, so he'd been around before this. So he gets a pass. <laughs> I guess so, because, you know, musicians get to do whatever they want. If you have money and power, uh, you just, boy. I know it's old news, but grab them where you want and put them in, a, <laughs> in your home and keep them there until they're of age. Get guardianship from their parents. Ugh. I feel like something may have happened with him as well regarding that. I wouldn't be it's surprised. Disgusting. Isn't Zeppelin the band that did the mud shark thing? Yes, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. It's it's mythological. Mud shark. Uh, <laughs> Zappa right. talks about the mud shark all, all the time. of the time. <laughs> he was he thought it was such a funny story. It's disgusting. It is. But I heard it's actually a red snapper because. The girl was a redhead, and so the guy picked up the fish and said, here's a red snapper for your red snapper. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> We're going to listen to That's one. That's horrendous. It sure is. <laughs> Red people never have it right, huh? <laughs> no. We've been abused for years. Yep. They used to just say, uh, they hated the Irish, and what they really just meant was redheads. <laughs> well, there's also Scottish people. Yeah. I don't remember which one I am. We'll figure it out. I think you have Irish in you, and I have Scottish in me. Uh, I believe that's what it is. All right, we're going to listen to one more song before we uh, take a little breaky-poo. Your time is going to come. So when we talk about Led Zeppelin, I feel like I show on John Paul Jones a lot. I don't know, you said earlier that he was a good bass player. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring back up. Is because I only ever say that because I've noticed in later songs, like in Through the Outdoor, I think he gets a lot of writing credit mm-hmm. on some of those songs. And that's like one of my, I do not really like that album. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a hand in the songs that I don't like the most. I'm not saying that for sure, but that's why I always said it. But with that being said, he's fucking amazing at playing his instrument. Watch him play the bass or the organ. Yeah, earlier on in the album, when there are actual breaks, like good times, bad times, where it's like, yeah, 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 
instruments. Yeah, usually the bass, you're hearing it the whole time. That's what you said. So if you cut it out, you'd be like, oh my god, where'd it go? And this was, this is the second song written by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it's track five. Track five. Messing around and, and, uh, we could say that too. Obviously, they can write songs, very good songs, because yeah. they do have songs they wrote, mm-hmm. and the songs they wrote are fucking good. Yeah, inspired, I'm sure, by other things, um, but the, it doesn't. The stuff that they write doesn't sound exactly like stuff that they get from other people. It's not no. like they have the same sound over and over again. No. I think that they do. Although it still sits, fits within like the bluesy, rocky vein, it's yeah. still. Still kind of diverse. I think it sounds like song to song. It's almost Tolkien, like uh, Lord of the Rings sounding sometimes. Jimmy Page has a real when he's doing acoustic songs mm-hmm. and like mandolin songs. It's got like a real Middle Earth, like elves and gnomes kind of feel to it. Robert Plant was a big Lord of the Rings exactly. fan, exactly. So it just melds and together really well. Writes about that <laughs> yeah, a lot. Straight up referencing it. <laughs> yeah. In the darkest steps of Mordor. <laughs> You've never seen any but of those Gollum movies, right? At the evil world. I mean, he says Gollum. <laughs> oh, that whole song's about <laughs> so. But you've never seen any of those movies, have you? No. No interest at all, no. right? Mm-mm. I saw them when they came out. All of them? Uh, yeah, I saw all three of them in theater. I didn't see, like, The Hobbit or anything like that. But I did see the original. No Bilbo Baggins mm. movies for you? No, Bilbo was in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But he had his own movies, didn't I think he? so. I think that's The Hobbit. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I lost interest real fast in that stuff. So I remember I like, always wanted to read it. Some of my nerd friends were like, oh, it's so good. Weren't they really thick, but aren't yeah. they really thick yeah. books? Very thick. Super descriptive. And whenever I tried, I'd just be so fucking bored so fucking fast. Excuse me, that's me in the Bible. May the Lord bless you. That's how I've been with the Bible. But I did actually, when I was a Christian and I was a young teenager, I did, I mean, made it a point every single day to read so much. From the Bible? Mm-hmm. And I would take notes sometimes. Wow. My mom did it, so I thought that's what I should do. Huh. Didn't help her. <laughs> I think that she, uh, I don't know. She's vengeful. There's some things that kind of fit, unfortunately. <laughs> How funny. Your time is going to come. Is playing and we bring up your mom. I wish her time would come. <laughs> evil people live forever. Evil. Like... Evil Gollum. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, your time is gonna come. I'm gonna fade that out because it's fading itself out anyway. And we are gonna take ourselves a little break. Break time. Break us off a piece of that Kit Kat cat. We're gonna rip that cat in half. Please no. He's already <laughs> missing one leg. He doesn't need anything else ripped up. I don't think he had that ripped off. It was cut off appropriately. You don't think doctors, when they amputate cats' legs, you don't think one, the, the nurse just holds the cat's body and the doctor grabs the paws, just, just breaks goes, it. One, two, 
And he told the nurse he was going to pull it on three, but she knows she would brace for it. Mm-hmm. So he just goes, one, two, and then rips it up really quick. And then she's like, ah! <laughs> Good times. Yeah, that's how they do it. Poor kitties. Meow. Mean old veterinarians. We gonna take a break. Bye. We'll be right back. Hold on to your lug nuts. It's time for an overhaul. Presenting to you. Hello, Tammy's Pizza, home of the pizza. How can we pizza you today? Hello? Hello, anybody there? All right. You hang up on me, will you? Hello, Timmy's Pizza, home of the pizza. How can we pizza you today? Hello? Now I can hear you breathing. Just speak up. God damn Is it the same guy? Third time's a charm. Hello, Tammy's Pizza, home of the pizza. How can we pizza you today? Well, well, well. Here's how you can help me. All right. I want to speak to your fucking manager right now. Whoa, whoa, man. All right, calm down. This is Timmy himself right here. I own the place. What is wrong, sir? Well, if it isn't Timmy, 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 you know who this is, don't you? Uh, Should I recognize your voice? Just give it a little listen in the way I say crack. Oh, God damn it. Abe, is that you? <laughs> you bitch of goddamn ass it is. Abe, why the fuck are you calling? I told you to leave me alone years ago. Well, I was going through our books the other day, and it seems you owe me crack money from 2003. Abe, I haven't smoked crack since 2002, so there's no fucking way I owe you from 2003. And I squared my bill with you in 2000 motherfucking two. Yeah, you squared your 2002 crack bill in 2002. I'm talking about 2003, you motherfucker. Abe, the last time I smoked crack was Christmas 2002 with you in the back of the fucking store. You tried to steal my penis, so I left and I swore that that was the last time we were going to ever do that. And then the next day, I left you 30 fucking dollars. That was the goddamn bell and it was done. No, no, no. It was $50 worth of crack. Yeah, it was, Abe. It was $50 worth of crack. But remember, it was Christmas and you said, Merry Christmas. Old Abe recalls Lincoln's going to take care of $20 for you. You don't remember that shit, Abe? Uh, well, now that you mention it... Goddamn right you fucking remember. Now stop calling my goddamn star, whoa, all right? Whoa, whoa, you don't talk to me like that. Yeah, I obviously fucking do, all right, Abe? Now let me ask you one goddamn question. What's that? You got any more fucking crack? Because during this talk, I really got a hankering for some crack. Well, you know I got crack. Come on Fuck down yeah. to the crack and pour right. We'll have a little party in the back yeah. like we used to. Outrageous is here. We can get fucking wild, Re- man. Really? Al Regis is there? Get him on the phone. All right. Hey. Hey, Al Regis. Come here. He's a good guy. Hey, Timmy wants to talk to you. Timmy from the pizza place? <laughs> yeah, pizza Timmy. We're on good terms again. He's going to smoke crack shit. again with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's coming to the phone right now, buddy. All right, man. Holy crap. 
Hey, buddy, what's going on? Nice to talk to you. Hey, man, how you doing? Good to talk to you, too, buddy. Well, I'm doing great. I, I hear you're going to come visit. You know it. He's going to get fucked up with us. Oh, Fuck yeah. yeah, buddy. Come on down and smoke <laughs> some genuine great egg crack with your buddy Abe and Outrageous. Fuck yeah, man. I'll be there in like 10 minutes. Just let me close down this piece of shit pizza store and I'll be right there. Killer, killer. See you soon, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. And another one back in our claws, Regis. The plan worked perfectly. Yes, it did, Master. And now we shall crack the world. (laughs) 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 Well, that was fun. Don't tell me who it is. I want to see if I can guess. Wow. I don't know. I can can build for this out. Who is this, Michelle? I think that the name of the band is very descriptive of what I feel is happening to my ears. Okay. Nuclear Assault. Nuclear Assault. It's just... Something I found through Google. I don't. Never yeah, heard of them before. This was a bad idea on this guy's part. It's so sloppy. Yeah, and he's live. He's been doing a whole fucking metal concert. I think the I think the music itself was sloppy. Oh, yeah. I think that they were just kind of ill prepared for that. <laughs> All right, we're back. Welcome, Welcome back, back to the couple of credits. Podcast. I'm sleep deprived. I apologize. And you just had a nuclear assault on your fucking head. I did. So I'm just trying to put the pieces back together. So <laughs> I apologize. I am Michelle. This is Sam. This is the Couple of Critics podcast. We are currently reviewing and talking about and just throwing some banter around uh, while we listen to Led Zeppelin's self titled album, Led Zeppelin, released in 1969. Up top, my brother. Let's um, move on to the next song. So one thing that I actually didn't feel that great about was that I like song transitions. When one song transitions into the next without there being space. Yeah. And that is something that actually happened between Your Time Is Gonna Come and this next track, Black Mountain Side. So you actually will, at the very beginning of Black Mountain Side, hear the very end of Your Time Is Gonna Come. Which I think is interesting to have the butt end of a song at the beginning of a song. The fade in. Mm-hmm. It's just a, interesting. This is the time of records when you knew it was just going to go. It's just an interesting cut. I'm surprised they didn't cut it a little later. Um, was this written by them? Yes. Okay. This is just an instrumental track. Yeah. This is that... It's inspired by an Irish folk song called Down by Backwaterside. I'm not surprised because it's got like a 
It's that Shire sound that I was talking about it's earlier. It's an Irish the... folk song, so it, it should sound like home to you. It sounds like Tolkien. It sounds like War of the Rings to me. They're walking the moors. The moors of Ireland. I would go on this walk. I mean, I don't want to get involved in any suspicious activity. I just want to hear music like this while I walk along a mountainside. A black mountainside at that. I don't need any fucking ghouls jumping out at me. But then again, it's Ireland, so... Everywhere you look. Was there ghouls everywhere? Are you, are you making a redheaded joke? It was a little bit of a stretch, but yeah. I can't wait till it's not PC anymore. Dude, I'm fat as fuck. There are so many things that you could technically say about fat people. I don't want to hurt people like that. It doesn't I'm, hurt I'm, you. I'm beyond that. <laughs> it doesn't hurt you. It hurts people. It's one step away from talking about Chinese people's eyes. That's one step to the right. And I can't wait till you dark heads are crushed beneath our weight. Because we will take over. Our tempers and our pain tolerance. This is going to slip into the next song, so shut up. <laughs> Communication breakdown. This was the B-side. To good times, bad times. So this was the B-side single. All right. The song has tons of energy, and this is a song that a song that you definitely hear on the radio. And I've heard other songs on the radio from this album that weren't released as actual singles. How does that work? Like, how is it just a radio station's like? Their digression of what they can, what they feel like playing, what they think people are going to want to hear. Or discretion, not digression. <laughs> uh, I assume that, yeah, it was just rock and roll guys listened to this whole album. They were like, I don't give a shit what the single was. This song fucking rules. I'm playing it. Well, I'm sure they're still playing the single, but also playing other songs. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they do that so much anymore. It's like. I don't know anything about radio anymore. I assume, from what I've heard, it's just only like the hits people aren't going and playing what song they like from the album it's, no it's, it seems like it's way tighter it's what the pr assistant gave you to yeah. play it's not <laughs> yeah so it's like it, i don't think they it seems like they don't have that freedom anymore i yeah, mean i'm sure I they may not. on like like a college radio station or whatever clearly oh, yeah. like something that's... that's smaller but not like like a city but I'll hear all these songs on major radio stations. Yeah. So I think at the time it was just disc jockeys were just left to do their fucking job. Their job was not just to talk to a microphone, it well, was to fucking make the playlist. And it was the B side, so it's not like they're just giving them the single only. They were giving them another song for a reason. I assume. Yeah, gotta put some it happened a lot too that the B side was actually more popular than what the single was given out as. It speaks a lot for the uh, the artist for being able to write that song. This was written by Led Zeppelin. I wanna know. Now there's a parody song that I've never heard before. Okay. <laughs> um, I've never heard of this 
banned before. Um, they are called apologetics with an X. And oh my God. so this is called, I need to turn my phone because it's not going to tell me what the full title is. So it's a parody of communi- communication breakdown. I am so sorry to everyone who's listening to this. I cannot speak. Communion ain't just bread now. No way. So this is about Jesus. I hope so. I have no idea what's being said. I'm impressed by the guy. (laughs) Dude, this is a way better cover than like a lot of rock bands would do. For sure. The guy's doing good at the vocals. Do you think he was a rock and roller that... Like in the 80s, got real heavy into drugs and shit, was like, <laughs> was gonna make it, but then he just let his life go to shit, and then he found the Lord. So, so then he worked on this. Apologetics is a Christian parody band from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The band was founded in 1992 and since then has played in almost all 50 states, released 35 studio albums, what? and built up a fan club that includes over 65,000 people. Wow. Didn't expect that at all. Interesting. Yeah. Apologetics. <laughs> Communion ain't just bread now. <laughs> Communion ain't just bread now. Um, so on that on that tip, we're going to listen to an actual cover by a band we have talked about in the past. Iron Maiden. Communication breakdown. This is gonna be amazing. been covered by a lot of different bands. Oh, yeah. I'm sure every song on this album has been covered by a lot of bands. Yeah. I skipped a, I believe it was Dazed and Confused, Dazed and Confused by Nirvana. Oh, yeah. I like it. I love Iron Maiden. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Bruce Dickinson can fucking sing. It just sounds like a metal song. Yeah, it is a pretty metal song. I get it why people say that Led Zeppelin could be the first metal band, but it's just like. I mean, like I don't feel don't that when I that. listen to them, but hearing an actual metal band doing a Led Zeppelin song like that, yeah, that made total fucking sense. Yeah! <laughs> I'm pretty much on board for that. What you doing, Unmated? <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> hey there, Bruce Dickinson! Fly your plane! <laughs> <laughs> right. Have we done an Iron Maiden album? I, I thought that we had, but no. We've just talked about them many times. Interesting. 
So that's gonna be happening in the it's future. It's gonna have to. I fucking love me. It's been brought up so many times. <laughs> All right, let's move along. Move along. Move along, sir. <clears throat> to the next track. I can't quit you, baby. This is Blue City again. It's like syrup. <laughs> syrup? Syrup. I definitely say syrup. I was I looked at some stupid thing online and it was like trying to guess where I'm from based on how I pronounce things. Yeah. I definitely say syrup. That was one of them. Did it get you? Did it, did it was it right? It was. Syrup. I say syrup. You're also an alcoholic. <laughs> no, I'm not. This song was also what. This is the second Willie Dixon song. Oh, old Willie Coxon. I could see this being a Willie Dixon song, knowing what it sounded like when we listened to him last time. It's probably so thickly blues. Yeah. Thickly. It's some thick blues, baby. It's a thick black blues. Sound. Oh. You know I love you, babe. It's like John Bonham swinging that sack of shit. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. best talk I so love, that we don't get flagged. Well, that's fine. No, I was just getting ready. I was waiting for that part because I like it almost feels like a call and response between the guitar and the vocals oh, back yeah. and forth. So it's just kind of like like obviously it's a structured sound. The guitar playing but at the same time it almost feels improvised. It feels like it's so loose and just going with the flow. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like it took three takes. Then he listened to it. Ah, that's that's the most flowing one. This one's yeah. the blues, man. You don't you don't fucking write leads. I mean, you have like leads in your head that you kind of like do use a lot, but a lot of it's just feeling, just playing what you're feeling at the time, mm-hmm. which is helps on my point that I said at the beginning of this podcast. Like, I used to think technicality meant you were great. And now I'm more like, no, if you can sing with your guitar, that's what I think makes it great. And if people like it, even if it's weird and not technically great, but it's like good enough and people like it. Okay, whatever. What the fuck can I do? I'm not going to go that far because people like Taylor Swift. No, that's kind of what I meant. And just to each their own, You, there has to be shit for you to know what is good. No, there doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> if everything is great, wouldn't it just be kind of mundane? No. I'd never subscribe to that. Everything would be great. <laughs> if I could just wake up and a cheeseburger was in my hand and did not clog my heart and I could just eat it, that sounds fucking great. I think most people would do that. I would think so. I mean, if it weren't for, like, you know, brutality with cows and whatever... Well, we can take that out too. I'm already having a cheeseburger. Burger? A cheeseburger magically appear in my hands. So. They have those meatless burgers, but I don't know if they're like the Impossible Burger that like bleed, but it's made from vegetables. 
Huh. But it looks like when you can cook it and make it look like a raw burger. Interesting. And uh, it's supposed to be tasty and supposed to be like close-ish. I think Burger King is supposed to start selling it. But there's no way that something that processed isn't also taking its toll on the environment in some sense. Oh, yeah. Much like recycling. Like everything still has a production fee on the everything, <laughs> on the globe. Everything's got a price. Yeah. I remember a teacher told us that nothing is free and like made us yeah. yeah it was Mr. That? Shook. He, he tried to make us he made come us come up with something go else back free. and forth and name things and he would explain how it wasn't free. Yeah. I never figured out one to come at him with. <laughs> I think mine was air. He, well, that's what he, I came up with. But yeah, I know he, he argued that one too. He argued everything, and he was correct. Yeah, I should have said my hatred for you is free. <laughs> I didn't hate him. I just no, not at all. He's a really good guy. <laughs> Actually, my cousin hated him. Tater. He, I, they called him the nose because he smelled the he smelled the reefer on Tate. Oh, I thought it was because he, got, he had a big nose. I think that was part of it. But yeah. <laughs> they called him the notes because he smelled Tate and got Tate busted with weed. And no upper lip. Big nose, no upper lip. I don't remember that. He was nice to me, though. Yeah, he was super nice to me. He was one of those teachers who would make, like, dad jokes that he knew were bad dad jokes, but he still, like, did it and looked at you yeah. and waited oh, for yeah. a response. Uh-huh. I fucking, th- I felt like that was so endearing. And I I just loved it about him because he was like, I'm silly and I don't care. This is who I am. He was obviously a nerd in the past just by the way he looks but and he, talked. But he acted. never seem, seemed like he felt bad about it. No. Ever. A good nerd. Not like a nerd, but like a Yeah, but it wasn't one nerd. of those things where a lot of people will say, like, if you weren't popular in school, you, like become a teacher or whatever like you go back to school and you oh, try to yeah, be like yeah. everyone's friend by being the cool teacher i don't think that his thing was like he was never acting like his thing is just being honest and silly yeah i was gonna say he wasn't and just like childish i never thought he was a cool i thought he was a nice guy whenever was like he's a cool teacher no i was just always <laughs> like he's a fucking really nice goofball is really all it was a goofenstein but he also taught he also taught um, economics. And That's when we did the free thing. Is that what we had yeah. together? Yeah. When we <laughs> yeah. looked at each other and we're like, oh man, we're so stoned because we came <laughs> over and we smoked before school. I think we've talked about that. Yeah. On the classic first flower vase that I got from my brother. Oh <laughs> yes, and your mother was super happy about that conversation <laughs> on uh, the Facebook. So we previously listened to I Can't Quit You Baby. As I had said, this was another cover by Willis Dixon. Willie Dixon. Willie Dixon. So Dix. we have to listen to Willie Dixon's I Can't Quit You Baby. Whoa. Whoa. Don't fuck, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was killing it. <laughs> but I got to put you down. Wow, this is sped up a little bit. So wow. good. I'm already totally sold on this. Oh, this is this is your type of tone. 
Okay, I enjoy this so much. Wow. This has this has the blanket feeling. <laughs> the blanket. I don't necessarily feel like I'm being inflated like a balloon with air. Well, that smoke is filling me. But I definitely feel like I'm being wrapped in a warm blanket of blues. Oh, yeah. So what I assume is going to have less of a blues infusion. And no disrespect. I think it's going to be soulful as fuck. But Lil Milton, Lil Milton, the same year that Led Zeppelin came out with this, um, he performed this live, I assume, from the Led Zeppelin blow up. And because um, I assume that album with fans was big and you would have just heard it at some point in that year. And people were always doing each other's songs. There were always crossover things, soul people doing other tracks. And just even within genres, everyone mm-hmm. just doing each other's music over yeah. and over again. There's so blues standards. There's jazz standards. Mm-hmm. It's just like you, everyone does them. It was like Motown. Yeah. Everyone just did them. Oh, yeah. So we're going to listen to Lil Milton's take Lil Mil- on I Can't Quit You, Baby. And we actually do a Lil Milton song. We do Grits and Groceries live. Led Zeppelin was the shortest version. Willie Dixon was the second. This is the longest. So this is going to be a long guitar jam song. It's almost eight minutes long. This is nice, though. Imagine going to an old club. Imagine going to a club and hearing music like this. An old blues man. I, I would, it'd be great, but at the same time, I'd be like... Let me on the stage, let me on the stage, let me play the guitar, let me play the guitar. <laughs> please, please. Ooh! But then I'd sit right down because I didn't know these suckers had horns. Will Milton can sing like a motherfucker, so I've got to wait for that to come in. Say, when's the milts come in? I don't know, but I don't feel like I should skip ahead because I feel like his intro is going to be smooth. Like he's going to come out. Like... Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to have power. From the little Milton I know. <laughs> Just one song. Yeah. Grits and groceries. <laughs> From the little Milton I know. <laughs> the man who's probably is he still alive? Do we have little Milton with us today? I would assume not because he went by Lil, but he looked like an older gentleman at the time. They didn't call him old Milton. <laughs> God damn it, when's this fucking it's gonna be like a four minute intro. I'm so afraid to skip I know. ahead. Oh shit, I missed it. Okay, here we go. I found it. He died in uh, 2005. Okay. August 4th, coming up. Oh, that's the little Milton I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slather that butter on me, baby. <laughs> Michelle puts her head back, closes her eyes, and like... Slinks down in my chair. And you grab your chest like you're like, Oh, Lordy. <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's what it looks like. You, it literally hits you like a warm blanket. You're like, ah. Oh. It relaxes me. Oh. He does a little bit of the Molly Hatchet voice, too. 
That's why I feel like that voice comes from soul. That's white men trying to sound like a black man. You love screaming over parts that uh, I, I would love, like to hear. I love screaming. You can just stop the sentence there. You do. I want to keep listening to this, so I'm going to have to save this to my playlist so I can listen to this later. You found uh, one. <laughs> well, because... You, is it because, you slip out of the chair? <laughs> no, it's because... There's so much more soul... And there's so much more feeling in the music. And then that voice. I mean, Robert Plant wishes he could sing like that. That's what he's trying to do, but he does not have the same voice at all. It's just his take on it. It's him just screaming, essentially. So this is actually like that, but hitting all the notes and having a fucking tight voice. This is a song you already enjoyed, and now it's put in the template of things that you love a lot a soulful black man's voice yeah it's one of my favorite things <laughs> it really is if there is one thing that i could have i mean really i've i've always said just like an undeniable just amazing fucking singing voice with like i would i would rather have like a deeper kind of like how i do but in a deeper register versus in a higher register I think that would also be, it's also kind of more, it gets your attention more when a woman has like a deeper voice that she sings in. Like yeah. A, like a share. Oh, oh God. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the longest. Let's get into it. Um, I'm going to play the last track on the album. It's the longest song. This is something I had read. I don't know if it's true. I think I read it on Wikipedia. So the information is truly up in the air. Um, but supposedly that this was written down time wise when they had given information to the radio station, the radio station and said, you know, these are songs to play. This is the album. This is the title track or these are the titled, the track names. I can't fucking track titles. That's what I was trying to say. And, uh, the times and, they said that this was a three-some-minute song, so they would play it without like listening to it first. And then it's not a three-minute <laughs> And it is eight and a half minutes. How many more times? So that, how many radio stations just faded out at three and a half minutes? You can't. I'm going to see where it is. I'm going to pay attention and see where it is I would love to three know. and a half minutes so we can see roughly where this decision, this confusion... Of, okay, this song should be ending soon. <laughs> and, then it, and then it goes twice as long and adds an extra minute. Almost three <laughs> times as long, yeah. I would already be, as a DJ, like, hmm, this intro's gone awful long already. This should be kicking into the first chorus seconds. by now. Yeah. Yeah, I like this song a lot. Me too. I like that bouncy sound. I'll go ahead and say that, yeah, it's kind of that like walking bass sound. Yeah. But in a more rock, structured rock form. Yeah. And I'm definitely a fan of that. This is, I'll go ahead and say, this is my second favorite song. It just has such a nice groove. This is a... 
definitely short and to the point. Nine tracks. I think oh, this is a yeah. powerful first album, though. Where are we at, time-wise? Uh, we're only, we're not even quite a minute and a half. So we right now have two more minutes from now. So I think it'll be in some breakdown. So yes, as the DJ's listening, he's going, I haven't heard a chorus once yet. Uh, uh, well, there the isn't sweat. a chorus in this. Yes. I don't think there's a structured chorus, is there? Might not be, but as a, I'm saying as a DJ, you'd be waiting because you're used to intro chorus, or intro verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. I feel like this is just a very open song. I like it when songs do that, when they throw away the template. Mm-hmm. Like Doom songs, remember when we listen to Sleep? There's no fucking template with Sleep. It's just, we're going to play this for two fucking minutes. There's one riff. Oh, yeah. It probably is going to be during a breakdown. It's got to be. Because there's a pretty good drum solo. They really give John Bonham some freedom in this song anyway. Not if you ask Ginger Baker. <laughs> I wouldn't. He wouldn't like me, and it would make me sad. I know he wouldn't <laughs> like me. I would fucking hate him. There's so many people who I'm amused by and entertained by who I would hate in oh, real life. Yeah. And I know they would hate me and rip me to shreds. <laughs> Ginger Baker just hit me in the nose. <laughs> and that happened to the guy who did the documentary. Three minutes. We're not quite there yeah, yet. Three. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna be during the. As a DJ, this is where I would fade it out. Which sucks because you can tell it's working up to something. We are now at three and a half minutes right here. You could just stop it right here. I was going to say, couldn't you just go like this? Fade out. Mm-hmm. Just end it there. I bet a lot of people did. What a fuck. I wonder if they were, you know, oh, that's it. Or if they were getting ready to come in and say something and then <laughs> the song oh, just kept going and they were like, oh, it's not over. God damn it, Jerry. Stop the record. Looks like there's still time. It's still going. There's still time. Motherfucker, if they can play Dashboard Light or whatever the hell it's called by Meatloaf. Oh my god. They can play a full Led Zeppelin song. I think that Meatloaf came after that, but at the time yeah. you could. F- <laughs> you- I don't want to think about Meatloaf coming in any way, shape, or but form. But you would. That's the thing. When you looked, and when you look at a record, you can see. Which songs oh, yeah. are longer? Yeah, you can. So they would be—they would have been able to see that that was incorrect information. That's but they true. Would have sparked their interest. I imagine it would have sparked mine. Yeah. I wonder if they did just send a single version of this though, because you could cut it off there easily. Yeah. This is when it gets like—it's like Indian spiritual sounding. It's psychedelic. Yeah. When I think of psychedelic, I think of like. Hindu imagery, mm, colors, and like I think of the Beatles with the sitar and stuff. Yeah, tapestries. I know a guy who did this. Uh, he set up the whole backstage area for uh, Paul McCartney mm-hmm. later in life, I don't know, seven years ago, while Paul McCartney was on tour. 
They said that they would bring these tapestries everywhere on tour. And they were like $100,000 tapestries that he had bought from like India. And like they were just these. Wow. But the, and they would make like a backstage area for him and they would have to lay him on top of the tents and stuff. And he said that these $100,000 tapestries routinely, they were just like stapling them into wood. Wow. Yeah. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. We did not give a fuck. I was like, wow. Speaking of tapestries. Tapestries hanging in a desert. Actually, like, desert slash beach area. So just sandy. I love the drums here. Makes you bob your fucking head. The drums are a huge part of what I love about Led Zeppelin. Powerful. You can hear them. They're not hidden yeah, at all. Hit them hard. I think this was John Bonham. I might be getting the story wrong, but I think it was John Bonham and another guy that they would hit their stuff so hard that uh, cymbal stands at the time were so thin that they were breaking them. Wow. Like, like all the time. So then they started breaking them on purpose and just sending them back to the drum, drum company so that they would build thicker ones. So like, mm-hmm. we can thank John Bonham. And I can't remember who else for cymbal stands beefing up. <laughs> they would hit them so fucking hard they were just snapping them out. Nice. People like Dave Grohl and such and metal drummers in the future need those to be yes. tougher. I hit fucking hard. Yeah. So, yeah. I love, I think I've said this on the podcast, I love hard-hitting drummers. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this yeah. a lot. I can, and I can tell if they're hard-hitter through the album. <laughs> they usually look like they're having more fun if they're hitting hard because they're just fun, kind of wailing. Yeah. And then there's a fine line where it's like you're hitting hard, but you're still having technique with it because if you just hit something hard you'll put fucking dents in it you need accuracy otherwise yeah. it's just fucking noise so I know a lot of metal drummers who play really light because they're playing so fast that's why they use drum triggers because they're not they're almost hitting too light that they wouldn't get very good tone out of the toms I can imagine that remember that drummer that was like that really uh, super big drummer who looked like he shouldn't be drumming in that oh, band um, and that video kept surfacing. Man, what do they call him? It's the something drummer. But he had huge arms, and I can was picture doing him with doing the this. And stuff. Yeah, because he would have the time in a song like this to flush his oh, yeah. arms up. They're doing this like like it was a baton, just flipping them everywhere. Yeah, he's he interesting was on the to office, watch. Wasn't he? That one episode? Yeah, he was. Man, what's his fucking name? I think it's like the Mad Drummer or something like that. Yeah, he does have a stage name. That's right. The Mad Drummer, Steve Moore. Good for that guy. Yeah. Because it can he's still play stick. well. Yeah. He's not just doing a shtick and like sucking shit while he's doing it. But he has a shtick and it works because he has talent. That maybe it's so funny because they're all in gold jackets and they're playing ZZ Top. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy has a, a headset microphone and they're like playing some really like super cheesy white people event. Oh, <laughs> but that guy's in the background just full force like the face that my mom always told me that's why people don't choose me in groups when I cuz I have a fierce face like Choose you do. me. Choose me. <laughs> Def- like, definitely do. When we would go to King's Island when I was a little kid, and we would go see the like the the Rugrats show or something like that, and they'd be like, "All right, we need ten kids," and I'd raise both arms, and I'm sure my face looked like the devil. Where I'm like, 
pick me. And my mom would be like, they'll never pick you. Look at your face. You look like a maniac. <laughs> and I never understood it until now, like until That's much funny. later. I should have been like, I could look like a little angel. I should have just been like, mm, get a little smile. Like a me, please. Like a little angel. But instead, I was a fierce monkey looking boy coming out. I'm like, Pterodactyl monkey boy. Yeah. yeah. I was a pterodactyl when I was a little boy. And then when I was a little bit older, I started, I had the monkey hairline. <laughs> My hairline was so low. I looked like a, I looked like George. The monkey Curious hairline. fucking George. Yeah. Curious fucking George. Yeah. I fucked, George. I fucked Curious George one time. I got curious. Were you, were you the man in the yellow hat or whatever his was, name is? I was the man in the yellow Jimmy hat. They do make those yellow. Don't they make them every color? They do. Ugh. But I know they make them yellow because, I, I mean, that's the color of the rainbow. I remember a guy told me it's a story that rainbow. he wore a black one one time. Okay. And he came in the fucking condom, right? And as a dude, when you come Ugh. in those things, it puts like a back pressure on it. Like, especially if it's the, the rubber's tight. Ugh. It fucking... It, it's like almost hard to come if it's tight enough. Because mm-hmm. there's just so much pressure in there. Yeah. And... uh. It, doesn't really feel good. He said it kind of, sh- it kind of like sh- pressured it back in. And he said the next time he came, there was like a little bit of black in it from the fucking condom. From the condom? Yeah, because it was black. He said that he came in the condom and the black mixture, like, he said the black came off of the condom and went back into his dick through the cum and then like stained it a little bit. <laughs> Condoms are the worst. People should wear them, but they're the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah. You try to come and you're like, oh, please. Oh. Well, from my experience, it's really hard to come using condoms. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> which is why we never really did. I haven't seen Ever. a condom besides ones I gave away for free for corpuscide. I haven't seen one in a long time. Condoms are how your mom knew that her baby was no longer a virgin because <laughs> she found condom wrappers. <laughs> in my old arcade game that I had in the room. Or you threw all kinds of trash. Oh yeah, I would throw all my old beer bottles and all my old weed bags and all my old condom wrappers. I would throw them into the, where you'd, you could open the coin mm-hmm. door where you'd put the coins in. And that's where my stash Instead of just putting stuff in a fucking trash. Uh, you know me. I'm a fucking... I'm a lazy asshole. I'm a slob. All right. Now it's time. <laughs> of, it's the point of the podcast where we get to the questions. Ooh, I've got some answers if you want to ask me any questions. Ooh, ooh, what's on your mind? So, um, me, why did I choose this? This is an album that's super near and dear to me, and it is simple and to the point. It doesn't have any filler, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think it's a good introduction of what they have to offer. Um, the highs and the lows, the uh, higher tempos and the lower tempos is kind of what I mean. The ballads versus the heavy fucking rock hits, and I like it all. And uh, it wasn't about choosing something that was simple because moving on to the next question, I didn't just choose this because I I know that you're familiar with this. I know you enjoy this. Um, I know that you aren't, weren't going to have any problems. I know this is going to be easy peasy, as you like to say. Easy peasy. 
Easy. But this is a, this is a big one for me, so I thought that it's it's worth talking about. Yeah, this isn't like just a you're like oh, let's make this easy on Sam week. This this has been in your life since we got together. This is and important before. to me. Led Zeppelin has always been absolutely one of my favorites. Yeah. Like when we got and together, I would still say probably my favorite when yeah. it comes down to, to it. So. Yeah, that's well, the sound is kind of undeniable. Uh, it, it gives is. me that feeling that a lot of music doesn't. Yeah. And it's uh, it's one that a lot of people would agree with. Yeah. Too. They'd be like, oh, yeah. But when I first met you and we started dating and stuff, in my mind, you were the hippie skirt Led Zeppelin listening to girl. Like, that. it was one and the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought of Led Zeppelin when I thought of you. And when I heard Led Zeppelin, I thought of you. And Donovan. Mellow oh, yeah, Yellow. Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Electrical banana. Uh, when I think of uh, Donovan, I think of that one fucking song. Ricky Ticky Taffy. <laughs> There's so many. I, gun. I've said many things in the past. Mostly untrue, I'm sure, just because I'm full of shit or I just changed my mind. Um, but I have said in the past that we will do a Donovan album and uh, I need to remember that. Because. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, that'll probably also be an easy peasy. I think it'll be difficult for some people. But, I mean, if you got through Tiny Tim, you could get definitely get through Donovan. If you got through Symphony X, you can get through anything, baby. Ugh, it was rough. <laughs> what was your judgment prior to listening to this? Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Easy peasy, yeah. I mean, this album, I listened to this on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you know how many times that you listened to this? Since you gave it to me, probably three and a half. Yeah. We both decided that we didn't really need that many listens on no. this one, and we could just record the episode real fast. But, but we still got the minimum, which is yeah, kind of impressive. Yeah, we got the minimum, and uh, I, I listened to this album on my own, like I said. Mm-hmm. So this was a familiar, familiar album. I've learned some of these songs on the fucking guitar. Mm-hmm. So. It's good stuff. I probably got through four full listens. Nice. Five different... Times, but for listens. For the time span that we did this in, it's really fucking impressive. Two days, but this is something that we're really familiar with anyway, like you said. So, I mean, when it comes to preparation, easy peasy for sure. Oh, yeah. But I still, you know, have things to say, and this is still meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. And it's meaningful enough that it's so much in our lives, in both of our lives, that we don't need to do much research because... It's there. And I listened to it differently, actually, this time. In more of a critical ear, like I was listening to individual players more Mm -hmm. this time. There's certain bands that you listen to it, and it's just the whole whole sound is them. And I Mm -hmm. think Led Zeppelin is one of those bands for me. Black Sabbath is one of those bands for me. Pantera is one of those bands for me. Mm -hmm. The whole sound is them. I can go in and individually, individually pick out the instruments, but when I first hear it, I hear the whole fucking thing. I do, too. Then there are other bands that when I first hear it, I hear like the drums first. Oh, what I liked immediately was the drums, like no effects, mm-hmm. like uh, any other band that I've brought up. The drums first or the bass. It's that nice meld. Yeah. And when you said that when you were talking about Led Zeppelin songs, this is since it's a popular song that most people also know. Cashmere. I think that Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Dun na dun na dun na Like sure, there are different things that are really um, intense. But to me, I still hear that as one whole huge uh-huh. song. So Wait, you said Led Zeppelin did that? Cashmere? That's not Puff Daddy? Am I mistaken? 
that I thought it was P. Diddy himself. You are often mistaken. <laughs> Jimmy Page did play on it. He did. <laughs> well, they took the sample, right? And then he was in the video playing yep. the guitar. That was on the Godzilla soundtrack. That was an awful time. Yep. <laughs> oh, do you know what your least favorite song is from this oh, album? Oh, shit. I, I always forget about this section. Um, do you know what yours is? Do you need to look at a track I list first? A track list. I'm pulling it up right now. So this is actually kind of hard for me to come up with, to be honest. Because um, it's all they're because all bangers. I love them all, but I did have to choose one. Um, so I did go with the first Willis Dixon track that we listened to. You shook me. That's your least favorite. That's what I have to go with, uh, even though I love it. It's so good and bluesy. It is a very good. And song. I just came into this fucking solo accidentally. It's got a fucking groove. I don't dislike it whatsoever. But it's probably the one that I, I assume I connect with the least. I, I think I have mine. I have to choose something, so uh, I would say You Shook Me would be my least favorite. Sam, do you know what your least favorite I is? I think so, but I cannot remember how the beginning of the song goes, so I'm afraid I'm going to be eating, put my foot in my mouth here. Do you know how the song goes? That like I think it's going to be Your Time Is Gonna Come. Once you play it, and then I'll be like, oh, fuck, it's this one. But all I can remember is that your time is gonna come. Ah, oh, fuck, this is a good song. God damn it, it's so hard. Messing around. Uh, I can't quit you, baby. Uh, it's a bluesy uh, sit, so... Yeah, you gotta come up with something. I think we're baby, gonna I'm have... gonna leave you. No. We're gonna have to go... I'm gonna leave it with your time is gonna come with an asterisk asterisk that says you this can't is choose actually the a Irish song fucking song the Irish folk song because it's in your no, blood and I would love to play this song I would love to record this song I would be so proud of this song if I made it so you're going with I'm gonna go with your time is gonna come but I'm putting it out there that that song fucking rules I'm just have to pick the least favorite on the album your time is gonna come motherfucker but it's a goddamn banger yeah, they're all so good. <laughs> if you want, I can play the nuclear assault one again. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's my least favorite one, is the nuclear assault version. <laughs> was that your time is going to come? No, this was good times, bad times. Oh, yeah, this is good times, bad times. I didn't even realize that. I just saw that it was underneath it, because whatever. Okay, so do you, you know what your favorite one is? I went first, so I'll go first again. Okay. But just to throw that in your brain. Gotcha. Um, my favorite, I've played it multiple times. It's the fucking, uh, it's the heavy hitter. It's the fucking beginning. It's what gives the ump to the fucking album. Good times, bad times. Good times, bad times. <laughs> it's so strong. This yeah. Oh, it starts the album perfect. Ugh. And those drum tones. Fuck you, man. Ginger Baker. He can swing a sack of shit. <laughs> so good. He can totally swing that sack he of shit. He can do it. And right. I think making those sounds with a sack of shit shows that he has much more talent than he's being given credit <laughs> for. Um, favorite track, Sam. My favorite track. I wonder if this is going to surprise you. Because it's a more. Well, we'll see. Dazed and Confused. Really? Yeah, I've always loved the spooky tone to it. It's classic. Yeah, and it's got it's got both worlds. It's got this spooky section, and then it's got the. Yeah, 
Yeah, this part. Yeah. So I get both worlds. Oh, yeah. We get to get some good Jimmy Page solo in action. The song is popular as fuck for a reason. Popular as fool. Then we get the... Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) That's my choice. But this whole album is fucking good. This is an album that I listen to front to back. I don't skip any song. It's pretty... It's not even really technically short, because a lot of these songs are like fucking six minutes long. They're long, but... I don't know, but it jives. Goddamn right. I think it does. So, yeah, it works for me. Um... How old was I when I first started listening to this? I was a young adult. I would say 19, no, 20, 2021. Okay. But I don't know if that's true. I would, I, my guess is 2021. 2021. Um, how did I originally feel about it? I've loved it from the get-go. This was a huge turning point for me because I did become kind of, no, I wasn't really a hippie, but I kind of looked like a hippie. You started, you, you, to me, it was like you leaned towards a hippie look, but you didn't, you didn't smell bad. You didn't like. No, I've always been very clean. And I was just like, like pretty skirts, but I was also like super active in nature a lot and stuff too. So I, I did actually like smoking pot. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the skirts, the skirts sold it. Um, yeah, I like those skirts because you can put them up really easy. <laughs> oh my goodness so um yeah i i love this from day one they quickly became a favorite band of mine i just super gravitated towards the bluesy sound with the rock and roll infusion did you start your led zeppelin track with this album or did you have other led zeppelin albums first or was an album based or is it just like you heard led zeppelin your whole life I feel like I've always known that they existed, I guess, maybe, but maybe not. I mean, I've always known, I feel like Stairway to Heaven has just always been a thing. Yeah, oh, that's everywhere. But I don't know that I knew what the song, I knew that it was a song, I should say, when I watched Wayne's World. But I hadn't been introduced to the song, and they don't have the rights to play it in it. So there's so many people I'm sure that are like, "Yeah, I, I know of Stairway to Heaven from Wayne's World." I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah, I was like fucking six, so or seven or something. So I understood what it meant, but I didn't get it. But again, I've felt like this is just a band I've always kind of known, but I I couldn't tell you what actual song. Like brought me into it. I think it was just an array because I've always liked rock, and oh, I, yeah. I felt like this was heavier than the I because I did listen to some modern rock mm-hmm. when I was like eighteen, nineteen, and, and this shit's better. And I gravitated <laughs> way more towards this. And these all these albums were accessible. You go to mm-hmm. pretty much any place that sold music, and you can get a Led Zeppelin album. Oh yeah, because it's, it's always been everywhere. highly revealed, yeah. revered. No, they've never lost. Their hold on people. People have always loved Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, would I recommend it today? One hundred percent to absolutely anyone. Anyone. This is a rare album in that case where it's like yeah. I don't really care what you listen to. Check this album out. Yeah, <laughs> you're either gonna super like it, you're gonna think it's okay, or you're not gonna be into it at all. But this is a repu- uh, uh, like a good representation, I would say, of what I like as well. It's 
it gets heavy and it also gets fucking bluesy. Yeah. And I like that rhythm and that blues. <laughs> I like it. Um, would Some you, would call it R&B. Would you choose to listen to this again, Sam? <laughs> Me? Yeah. No. No, 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 no. I'm done. I'm never listening to this again. Of course I will. I already listened to it on my own anyway. Oh, so that's, uh, that's like you said, Eases Peases. Eases Peases. So um, we do know what's next, because we actually are going to be having some guests with us on the next episode. Got a special guest coming up. Uh, Two of them. From... Uh, Buffalo, New York. We will be having Tom Jeffries and Anne Marie Jeffries. Absolutely. And uh, per Tom's suggestion, we will be reviewing a band called The Vandals. And I actually, oh, it's Live Fast Diarrhea. I'm yeah, sorry. I don't know how I forgot that. Live I just Fast I totally blanked on that for a second. But yeah, The Vandals, Live Fast Diarrhea. Yep. And if you don't know, Tom is the bass player from Green Jello and mm-hmm. a good friend of mine. And he's coming from Buffalo, New York, like Michelle said, and uh, pretty fucking excited. Yeah. So, uh, the episode, right? On that note, we're going to check on out of here. Sweet. To this uh, Soundgarden communication ah. breakdown. Wow. Cover. I brought up Chris Cornell earlier. You did. Wow. Oh, shit. I mean, he would nail it. He was young, I think. I don't, this isn't like an official recording or anything. I think it's just a Sounds shitty real recording. ratty. So, um, yeah, check us out on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, Couple of Critics Podcast. Tell people that you like us or hate us. Tell us that you like us or hate us. And then debate us. Masturbate us. Argue about us. There you go. Later. Bye-bye. Uh,